It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is September 13th, Friday the 13th. Ooh, spooky. 2019. My name is Philip Rossman-Reich. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. You can follow me on Twitter at PhilipRROMD. On today's episode of Locked on Magic, we'll continue our Player Outlook series as we'll take a look at what to look for from Wes Awundu and DJ Augustine. We'll save World Cup talk for Monday's episode. Monday's episode will also be a special episode. We'll have a guest on as well to talk a little bit about some Magic history, uh, but we'll, we'll have that Monday and Tuesday. So that you got that to look forward to after the weekend and after the, while you're sitting at home, hopefully not having to go do work in the middle of a tropical storm that's supposed to hit us on Saturday. So hopefully this uh, this uh, uh, finds you finds you well as that well. Um, it's a tropical storm. It's it's not a huge deal for for us here in Florida, but nevertheless, um, nevertheless, uh, lots to get to here as we continue our player outlook series and continue our countdown to the beginning of the NBA season. The Orlando Magic will open training camp on September 30th, a mere two weeks away. Our media day is September 30th. The training camp opens October 1st, but near merely two weeks away from the beginning of Orlando Magic season. But before we get to any of that, I want to remind you all that you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network by searching on iTunes for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like this podcast here, covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail with a local expert who knows the team better than anyone else. There's a podcast for every single team in the NBA doing the exact same thing. No matter who you are looking to hear about, whether it's Rudy Gobert and Team France with Utah Jazz on Locked On Jazz, or Donovan Mitchell for that matter, matter with the now probably 7th place Team USA. Maybe we shouldn't count that win against Poland. I don't know. Um, no matter who it is, no matter who you are looking to hear from, whichever team you're looking to hear from, you can find a Locked On podcast covering them. Plus, we've got the national perspective covered with Locked On NBA and Fantasy Basketball covered too with Locked On Fantasy Basketball. It's a Locked On podcast to fit your team and your needs no matter where it is or who it is. You can find them all on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himalaya, the Google Play app, wherever you download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device, as well as NFL, MLB, and college podcasts too. Check them all out today. Again, search Locked On and the team you're looking for uh, wherever you download podcasts, the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Additionally, today's episode is brought to you in part by Indochino. Indochino is the world's most exciting made-to-measure menswear company. This week, my listeners can get any premium Indochino suit for just $369 at Indochino.com when entering the promo code LOCKEDON at checkout. Again, that's LOCKEDON at checkout uh, from Indochino. Check it out today at Indochino.com. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. 
Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The biggest moment of the Orlando Magic season, the moment that we're going to see on history replays for the next decade plus, the the moment that will come to, I guess, in some ways define the entire season, was authored by its most unlikely hero. A six-foot point guard who'd been kind of passed around the entire NBA, who struggled to put together back-to-back good seasons for much of his career, who who struggled to find a home anywhere in the NBA, never really spending consecutive seasons in, in any one city or any one team. But for the Orlando Magic, he had that moment. Coming around a screen, watching Marc Gasol late to switch on to him and draining that three-pointer to deliver a playoff win for the Orlando Magic. DJ Augustine, for the entire 2019 season, was a steady hand. A guiding force that kept the magic kind of on the level. Sure, the team's offense wasn't that great for most of the year, but Augustine was a reliable piece of it. Able to bring the ball up and get everyone in the right spots as a point guard does. And, frankly, most importantly for this team, hitting three-pointers at a consistent clip. T.G. Augustine's run uh, in 2019, the stat line reads like this. 11.7 points per game is most since 2014. A 56.6% effective field goal percentage, including 42.1% from beyond the arc, 5.3 assists per game, and probably more importantly, 81 games, his third straight season, playing more than 75 games. A guy who's listed at six feet even and is now entering his age 32 season, that's some pretty good durability. And that's a credit to DJ Augustine's work in the offseason. While no one will doubt that the Magic do have a considerable weakness at point guard, and, and, and I think the area of the team that very clearly needs the biggest upgrade is at point guard. Augustine is a a kind of tone setter and stabilizer, but not really a guy on the attack or a guy that's going to push the team to a new level. In fact, it feels like everyone wanted the Magic to go after a point guard like D'Angelo Russell or to go trade for Chris Paul or play with the new toy sitting on the bench recovering from thoracic outlet syndrome in Markel Fultz. It seems like DJ Augustine is still the guy that's overlooked. That sort of ignores what he did for the team last year. Throughout the entire season, through the ups and downs of the year, the two players that had the biggest on-court net rating, the best on-court net rating, the Magic were best when these two players were on the floor, were Nikola Vucevic 
and DJ Augustine. DJ Augustine often had the best net rating of the two when they were on the floor. He made a lot of the engine go. And while he isn't the most consistent driver, he isn't afraid to take the ball into the paint. He isn't afraid to have the defense collapse around him. He isn't afraid to work the pick and roll. He isn't afraid as well to pass the ball back out to the perimeter or work off the ball as a spot-up shooter. Augustine just was the veteran that this team needed. Again, a steady hand guiding them through everything. He wasn't flashy. He wasn't over the top. It was just steady. And steady is what this team needed. It's probably still what this team needs. And it's perfectly reasonable to expect Augustine to provide much the same that he did last year. Maybe that shooting takes a little bit of a step back. 42.1% three-point shooting, though, is a second straight year shooting better than 40%. He shot better than 40% from beyond the arc in three of the past four seasons. And yes, having some stability, playing now his fourth year in Orlando, and yes, in a contract year nonetheless. It's the most time he spent in any city since his first four years in the league with the Charlotte Bobcats at the time. Augustine has been very solid. But everyone always wants a little bit more. And instead of being happy with what you have, in the NBA you're always trying to evolve. And so it remains one of the big criticisms that the Magic haven't improved the point guard spot. To which I often respond, the Magic are happy with DJ Augustine. They're in no rush. If the right deal, if the right move, if the right person comes along, they'll go for it. I don't think the Magic are married to DJ Augustine by any sense. But they're not in any rush to replace him. And really the Magic hope that that replacement, that long-term starter, is on the bench already in Markel Fultz. There is, of course, the report from Karan Butler claiming that Markel Fultz will will start from day one, uh, which is something that he said during uh, uh, Summer League. If you play NBA 2K20, Markel Fultz is already listed as a starter. Everyone already seems able and willing to write off DJ Augustine. Everyone seems willing to move on from him. And yes, maybe one day this season, Fultz does take over the job. Not saying it's impossible, not saying it's not likely. But DJ Augustine, in the meantime, is perfectly fine. DJ Augustine, in the meantime, will get the job done. DJ Augustine, in the meantime, is dependable. When the Magic need him to take over an attack, he's done that. When the Magic need him to step up and hit a big shot, he's done that. When the Magic need him to stabilize and keep the offense moving, he's done that. They can rely on him for that consistency. And that's valuable. Don't pretend that that's not valuable. That is valuable. 
And that's what the Magic will rely on him again. Until something changes, DJ Augustine is the guy. And while there is the concern that, yes, the, the, the end of the road might be coming for Augustine soon. He's entering his age 32 season. He's the oldest player on the team, essentially. At some point, some of that athleticism is going to give way. Despite how incredibly well DJ Augustine takes care of his body, he gets knocked around a lot. It's going to be hard to ask him to play another 75-plus games. And unfortunately for the Magic, point guard is probably their thinnest position. With Marco Fultz's injury status unknown, it's just DJ and Michael Carter-Williams. The Magic almost certainly know that DJ Augustine has to play at a high level once again. And that's what they'll be expecting from him in 2020. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Another player that already seems to to be overlooked and passed over, really through no fault of his own, is Wessel Wundu. Wessel Wundu, believe it or not, was the actual sixth man for the Magic. Not the quote-unquote sixth man. He was the first guy off the bench most nights. When the Magic were at their best, they ran a rotation that, that would bring Aaron Gordon back in the second quarter and so at the beginning of the second quarter. So a one dude would come in and replace him very early, like midway through the first quarter, early in the first quarter, roughly like five, six minutes in the first quarter. And a one dude being there was a trust that he had to gain early in the season. Remember, a one dude didn't start the year in the rotation. That that belonged to Jonathan Simmons. And as Simmons was relatively ineffective, Iwandu's defense became a lot more valuable. But Iwandu wasn't going to stay on the floor because of his defense. The defense got him on the floor. What made him a valuable role player last year was that his three-point shot took a sizable step. Iwandu went from being a 19.6% 19.6% three-point shooter in his rookie year in 2018 to 36.7%. This kind of improvement isn't a surprise, really, for a one-do. At Kansas State, he entered college as an ace defender, potential playmaker, but mostly a defender who struggled to shoot three-pointers. And over the course of his career at Kansas State, he got better. He steadily improved, also improving his kind of on-ball playmaking skills. Entering the NBA, he was expected to make kind of a similar jump up, a similar improvement. That started with him being better three-point, you know, with him being a solid defender, which he absolutely was. The Magic were only better defensively among rotation players by on-court net rating with Michael Carter-Williams and Ken Burch on the floor. And Wandu shared the floor with them a lot, so... 
it's all kind of tied together. But the Magic were a very good defensive team, a better defensive team with a one-do on the floor, and they were already a pretty good defensive team. Adding that three-point shot, being a consistent three-point shooter, helped make him more than just kind of a, a, a promising young player. It made him a reliable role player. And when you look at a one-do with his size and his defensive understanding, at least as a two-guard, as a shooting guard, there may not be a more prototypical 3-and-D type player. It's going to be important in 2020 that a one-do continues to improve that three-point shot. I would say that I was always very impressed with a one-do. The way a one-do played, he was always under control. He was always within himself. He never really did anything beyond what he knew he was capable of. If he didn't feel comfortable shooting a three, even if he was wide open, he kept the ball moving or attacked the basket. And that's really all you could ask for from a young player at this point. The next step is obviously for Wonder to be confident enough to take those threes, even at, at any moment. Because in the playoffs, the Toronto Raptors ignored him. They wanted him to shoot threes, and if he made them, they could live with it. It's got to get to the point where teams can't live with him making threes, because that'll open up space for everyone else. And, you know, we could say that about a lot of the Magic's players, and it's kind of what happened in the playoffs. The Raptors dared the Magic to make threes, even Evan Fournier, and the Magic struggled to make shots from the outside. They struggled to get good shots from the outside. And at one do has shown over and over and over again that he will make these improvements, that he will get better. And it's hard not to think, even entering his age 25 season, because, yeah, he is older than Aaron Gordon, even entering his age 25 season, that Iwundu won't take that next step or won't take another step or won't be another consistent, solid player. Steve Clifford is famous for not trusting young players. You really have to earn his trust as a young player. And Simmons had it and probably had it longer than he should have. But Wessawundu quickly earned that trust from Steve Clifford. He is one of the players that I think Clifford trusted about as much as anyone on the roster. And there's no reason to think he still doesn't have that trust and he still won't improve. But the NBA is a constant battle. It never really stops. You're always fighting for your place and it's very rare that you can feel truly comfortable, especially if you're coming off the bench. And unfortunately for Wesselwandu, he could be the victim of a huge roster crunch for the Orlando Magic. By my count, the Magic really have 12 players that should be in NBA rotations. Their starting lineup, obviously, DJ Augustine, Evan Fournier, Aaron Gordon, Jonathan Isaac, and Nikola Vucevic. Their bench five. Michael Carter-Williams showed last year that he's still a very capable NBA player. Terrence Ross should have been sixth man of the year. Uh, Mohammed, uh, Ken Birch proved that he was a solid defender. Wesawundu is certainly in that mix as well. Then you add in rookies who should get playing time, or rookie-like players who should get playing time, and Markel Fultz and Mo Bamba, and they probably will get playing time when they, when they get in the lineup. 
And then finally, Al Farouk Aminu, the Magic's free agent signing, who's likely to get minutes at the four, if not the three. SI's top 100 player rankings ranked Aminu ahead of Terrence Ross. This is a guy that started for the Portland Trailblazers for the last few years and is expected to come off the bench for this team. So he's a high-level bench player. The Magic have two high-level bench players in Aminu and Ross. And if Steve Clifford likes to run a nine-man rotation, which he has said he does, he does not like to run 10-man rotations because he wants to make sure everyone gets a proper rhythm. That means someone is getting squeezed out. Already it's easy to see Michael Carter-Williams and Ken Burch finding it tough to get minutes. But someone else is going to get squeezed out if you have Fultz, Bamba, and Aminu coming off the bench with Ross. That's nine. That's four players already. And so to me, it looks like Awundu is going to have a tough time finding minutes for this team. It's not that he won't deserve them. It's not that he won't earn them. It's that there are other guys on this team that need minutes too. There are other guys on this team that will also deserve and earn minutes. And minutes are just a finite resource. That's not to say Iwundu won't have a path to play. If Evan Fournier or Jonathan Isaac has to miss, miss a game, Wes Iwundu will start over Terrence Ross. Perhaps even over Al Farouk Aminu. Steve Clifford last year did that when Isaac was out. Instead of moving Jonathan Simmons to the starting lineup, it was Wes Iwundu who started. Iwundu started 13 games last year. And I don't anticipate that changing. He'll maintain rotations, and because he trusts Awundu so much, we'll be willing to throw him into the starting lineup when it's called for, when it's needed. Who's to know when that could be? Figuring out when and how Awundu plays is possibly going to be about matchups as much as anything else. Perhaps it'll be dependent on a one dude developing other skills like maybe his playmaking maybe he can spot he can moonlight at point guard a little bit compete for minutes there but no matter how you slice it and and I do like Wessel Wundu a lot I think he's a very solid player and like I said I think he can be the prototype the prototype 3 and D player no matter how you slice it it is hard to find minutes for Wessel Wundu and it is not his fault he deserves to be in this rotation. He deserves to have minutes on this team. But the minutes just may not be there. And so it may not matter how much he improves in a contract year for him. There just may not be a lot of room for him to get on the floor. Unless it's manufactured for him to get there. Unless, you know, you do a Steve Kerr thing where you play guys on your deep bench minutes regularly or on occasion just to keep them motivated and, and give them the love for the hard work that they're doing. And Awundu is certainly very capable of playing. It's going to be tough for Steve Clifford to manage all of this. It's going to be one of the more interesting subplots of the season is how Steve Clifford manages all of this. But he's certainly capable of doing it. He's certainly capable of putting guys in the right spots like this. And Awundu is certainly capable of showing the improvement to push for more minutes over someone. 
The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. Of course, find us on Twitter at Locked On Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himalaya, the Google Play app, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at R underscore MD. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. We'll be back again Monday. We'll talk a little bit about the FIBA World Cup Championship. Hopefully, France will win that thing, and, and Evan Fournier will be able to lord a gold medal over Nikola Vucevic for all time. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about that game, but we'll also have a special guest on to talk some magic history. We'll have a two-day, two-part podcast on, uh, on with with that. Um, so definitely take, definitely download the podcast on Monday. We're excited to to bring you that. But until then, have a great weekend, everyone. Um, it's supposed to storm here in Central Florida. As a tropical storm is quickly developing and heading our way, um, but it's a tropical storm. We should be fine. Um, but uh, until next time. Stay safe, everyone. Um, ride, out, ride out the storm. But until then, until the next time we, we see each other, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this has been Philip Ross and Reich. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.